aspect in a little bit here. But let's go ahead and let's continue the idea about the physical education and how we can integrate that physical education into not just the day at the school, but the overall day for the student and what that means for the school and how the school can become an area that allows for increased amounts of activity within the community, more than just a site for students and more than just a site for students to learn. Warning. The following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard or believed to be true about how the human body works and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals. Enjoy. And so when we're looking at this idea, what we're really looking at is the fact that the school site offers the community an area where play can come about, where exercise can take place, so that the community as a whole has access to areas where they can be physically fit or where they can work on their physical fitness. In order to do this, we have to work on having a kind of cohort development between the school and the school district and the school sites and the community as a whole, where we develop this partnership between the schools and the communities, where the schools and the school sites are willing to open up the spaces that they have available to the community so the community can have access to open spaces. This becomes very important, particularly when we start looking at areas within urban settings that have been indicated as having deserts or desertifications for green space or for open space. And what this, the ability to have within the school site is now that you have this kind of open space for the community to have access to so that they can have the ability to become physically active to improve their overall uh, physical fitness, to work on aspects of health and health behaviors as a family unit, as there's been multiple avenues of research that have shown when we start having involvement of the family as a family unit in the exercise behaviors, we get inclusion activities coming into play and more use of the fitness behaviors as a whole both within the family unit as well as within uh, clan areas, group areas, uh, friends and family members that aren't within the immediate family, also becoming more physically active in conjunction with the family unit that has become more physically active. And so we have that aspect of the issues coming into play in terms of community resource. The other thing that the school sites can offer is an, is an avenue for community involvement and community ex exploration of various aspects of health behaviors in terms of information access. This becomes very important, particularly when we start looking at communities where we have uh, high school and higher education uh, resources available to the community, whether it is the, the local two-year community college or if it happens to be one of the uh, four-year universities or four-year colleges, where having the interactions between the community and the schools can uh, provide the community as a whole an area to have resource explorations, where you can have invited speakers come in and discuss various aspects of 
uh, health, various aspects of physical fitness, where you can have screenings taking place with medical organizations and medical associations coming in to help with uh, looking at how we can do preventative care, where you can have uh, registered dietitians and nutritionists come in and discuss various aspects of nutrition, where you can use, and we don't have a lot of these around as much as we used to in terms of the, the home economic courses, where you can have cooking classes that take place, where we can uh, instill uh, within the community a sense of, okay, this is how we can go about making meals, particularly when we start looking at some of the preservatives that are used within a lot of the packaged substances, a lot of the packaged meals, having an aspect to it that can influence both endocrine function as well as metabolic functions, either as being an endocrine disruptor or as a metabolic disruptor, that leads to other uh, health issues with long-term exposure to these substances, these preservatives that are found within some of the packaged materials, which goes into the idea about having quote-unquote nutritious foods available to students and to families and non-nutritious foods available. The idea that some of the packaged foods uh, are lacking in some of the nutrients that are available or discussions about how distinct types of um, dietary regimens might impact the ability for full nutrition to, to occur. And so when we start looking at, okay, how can we expand the, the use of the school and the use of the school site in order to promote that pro-health behavior, what we have to do is we have to look, okay, what are the overall levels of resources that we have available to us in such a way that we're able to maximize the interactions that we see between the community and the school, as well as the interactions that the, the school employees, whether they're faculty, staff, or uh, uh, administration, has in terms of their ability to model correct pro-health behaviors. And this goes into the last thing I wanna kind of uh, discuss here in terms of the issues about modeling and the fact that most of what our pro-health behaviors are gonna be in terms of what the school site can offer and what the school site tends to fail out doing is the, the modeling issue. And so when we start looking at how we can go about presenting pro-health ideas to students, it's the, not the necessary part of having it be a uh, organized part of the curriculum, but it can become part of an integrated curriculum where we can integrate, quote, playtime, end quote, for the children within the classroom where we're not having extended amounts of seated times, where we model the behavior in terms of a pro-health behavior that we want to have within the children, where as an instructor or as a teacher, we're not seated behind desks for long periods of time, where we're, we're up and we're walking around and we're being uh, kinematically active, we're moving in terms of what we're doing, where we integrate uh, kinematic learning within the educational system, 
within the actual classroom learning activities. We know that as we progress within the educational system, we tend to spend more time in a seated uh, position. We spend more time in a sedentary learning uh, situation, which has a detriment to the overall aspects of physical health as well as overall performance. We know that we need to have some structure within the curriculum. We know we, know we need to have organization of the curriculum. But that doesn't uh, preclude the ability to have the integrated playtime, the integrated movement time within the, the learning activities. And so if, we, if the goal that we want to project to the students and to the community as a whole is how we can become healthier, we have a few simple recommendations that we can provide. The, the first is to simply encourage activity and encourage the use of pro-health behaviors, minimizing the exposure to various toxins, minimizing the exposure to various poisons, minimizing the exposure to various metabolic uh, disruptors. As an educator and as a uh, parent and as a uh, school site administrator, as school site staff, as district-wide staff, as district-wide administration, model the behaviors that you want to see in terms of long-term health gains. Provide resources that are available to the community. Be an open resource to the community. Allow access to library resources. Uh, provide library resources. Develop lesson plans that encourage the use of pro-health attitudes when it comes to various types of diets and various types of exercise patterns. In that, we have kind of the next point that we have to address. And the next point is we have to encourage everybody to do what they want to do and find most pleasing. Encourage and be supportive, even if it doesn't fit with what I personally would choose to do. One of the things that we found in our survey study about biases in the modeling behaviors is that a lot of educators were more likely to recommend the things that they personally preferred to do, as opposed to being open to other avenues of health pursuits. And so you have to take this kind of open-minded perspective. And that open-minded perspective is going to allow for pro-health growth within the community. When we start looking at how we go about establishing pro-health behaviors, work on setting health goals and setting health goals that become realistic in terms of the SMART style of goal setting, the specific, measurable, realistic type of goals that have a time component to that goal achievement where we use internal rewards and external praise as a means to encourage the continuation of the goals that allow for improvement of health. 
within the PE setting, within the physical education, particularly within the physical education courses. And as a caveat into the sporting world, into the athletic world, don't use exercise or the threat of exercise as a punishment, because what that does is that sets up that adverse response that's going to want me not to want to do things that might be a healthy option for me to do. Because when we choose to use exercise as punishment, it's forcing the student, forcing the child, forcing the person into a form of exercise that they cannot see a positive reinforcer coming from. It's simply going to be a negative reinforcer. And that's going to discourage that use of that exercise within the school years as well as throughout their life. Allow students to explore their own limitations. Allow students to work through their own limitations. Don't place limits on students based off of what you perceive to be their limits, their capacities, their capabilities. Remember that the more active the person is, the more pro-health the person exhibits, the less total overall stress that they have, the less total overall stress they have tends to lead to greater learning abilities, greater mastery of content within the classroom, a better overall health for the person. That in itself allows for a better performance within the classroom, as well as, in the long term, a reduced relative risk for non-communicable or metabolic diseases, the diseases that seem to be the plague of modern healthcare. And so the take-home message from the longer discussion and the shorter discussion here is that the school site provides an optimal location for not just the students, but the community as a whole to gain improvements in their overall health. While we tend to look at this as a means to control overall weight and morphological measures, body morphology, such as percent body fat, it goes well beyond those metrics. There are a number of ways that exhibiting pro-health behaviors to be modeled, as well as encouraging pro-health behaviors that are not modeled, can lead to overall improvements in community health. When modeling, we must be careful not to project our biases, not to rely upon common myths and misconceptions about diet, exercise, or physical activity. The myths and misconceptions that can and do lead to poorly developed schemes to increase activity, to develop exercise programs 
that are overly elaborate. We don't need that. Simple is good in this case here. Exercise and activity can be integrated within the school day, within the classroom, simply by having uptime and move time. Playtime within lessons. Done in such a way to establish favorable patterns for social, psychological, and physiological responses to the activities. Developing patterns that are attractive to the person so that they can become lifelong pro-health. And where the community as a whole becomes pro-health. When we start looking at curriculum and curriculum development as it relates to the, the pro-health idea, we're in the process of developing some lesson plans that uh, will be available. Website is in the descriptor for the podcast here. And within those, those lesson plans, very simple lesson plans can come about that are geared towards exposing students to ideas of pro-health that they may not have been exposed to through other avenues. Understand that as a school site within the community, you have the ability to integrate the familial social aspects of health behaviors into the curriculum to make the education holistic, to make the education authentic as it should be to use life experiences as a means to help establish that pro-health behavior. Within that last aspect, we have to make sure that what we're doing is controlling some of the psychological and peer pressures that can come about and do come about due to the need to be socially accepted by peer groups. This is where we have to look at, okay, how can we establish pro-health environments that are not just good for the physical side of health, but also the psychological side of health, where we can work towards minimizing the sense of coercion that might come about from peer pressure, the sense of uh, isolation that can come about from peer pressure, the sense of ostracization that can come about, not just from peer pressure, but, but from, from authority pressure, from the pressures that we as educators, we as adults place on the children, the adolescents, and the young adults, and the young adults that are under our control. So that we are able to expand the ideas about what it means to be healthy. And it's not about what I look like, it's about how I'm able to function. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully you got a little bit out of the, out of the two parts of this, of this discussion. There are a lot of take-home messages that, that got presented, and we would love to hear what your thoughts might be, so please uh, drop a comment. Please let us know what you might look at when we start looking at how we can develop pro-health school sites and pro-health communities. Please make sure you're giving us that five-star rating. 
Make sure that you have uh, subscribed to the publication so that you get all of the uh, newest releases that we're putting out, either here on the podcast, on YouTube, as well as the short clips that we're putting out on the Instagram, as well as through threats. 